So hi, everybody. I'm Steve Snyder. I'm the CEO here at the Fleet Science Center, and we've got uh, some great guests on our podcast here today. Uh, you know, uh, growing up, when I was maybe 11 or 12, we moved my great-grandmother from her old apartment to a new apartment, and we uh, had to move all go, go through all her stuff, and I got this giant pile of books. And one of the books that was sitting on top of there was this book called Are There Alligators in the Sewer? Right? I took it. I never actually read it, but Alligators <laughs> in the Sewer, I remember looking at it going, oh, that's cool. I thought, wait, there are alligators in the freaking sewer? And can they get out? Right, kind of really freaked me out, but that's sort of the first time I can remember sort of an urgent or an urban legend. The first time I came across one of those, you know, my cousin's brother's son has a friend who blah 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 happened to, right? And it was a, a very, very strange, strange kind of thing. Um, but luckily for me and for all the rest of us, for the last 15 years, we have had the opportunity to have someone go through and figure out are those urban legends true or not with the Mythbusters show. And Look what I've got here today. Isn't this cool? I've got a pair of Mythbusters right here. Uh, if you've been watching the latest season, you may have noticed sort of a, a different energy to the show. There are fewer berets, um, more beard, less mustache, uh, and some some really great, cool new stuff coming out. And so I'm here with John and Brian, the new hosts of the Mythbusters. So welcome, guys. Thank you so Thanks much for having us. All right. Um, so um, let's just start with something easy. So thinking about, you know, back when you were a kid, is there a, an urge, urban legend, a myth that you just, you know, remember kind of like, Oh my gosh! Is that uh, is that real? Wouldn't it be cool if? Oh man. man, that's a tough one. As a kid, I really like I questioned everything. Like a story I tell all the time is, <clears throat> from about five years old, every toy I got, I was like, "Well, how does this toy work?" And I'd take it apart. And I was that was about five, and it was probably about fifteen before I started putting it back together reliably. So <laughs> right, you know, okay. Christmases were a day of fun, and then a year of disappointment for me. But I still loved it. Right. So that sort of interest in how everything works, how the world works, has been around since the very beginning yeah. for me. Whether it's myths or just toys. Yeah, that's the same. The same thing for me too. Like. Not to harp on Brian's thing, but <laughs> I remember working in the computer lab when I was a kid just to help the teacher organize right. stuff, and she would give me old hard drives to take apart. And so I would like go back and then plug 9-volt batteries into the motors to spin them up and crazy stuff like that. So I think it's just funny that we've both been doing this stuff on different sides of the country or the world, because I know you grew up outside, but like... Yeah. Yeah, just that's our thing. Oh, that's very cool. So, so here's a question I always have, right? And this is sort of my take on: it. Are you a scientist or an engineer? Another thing: You take it apart. Did you put it back together? Oh, yeah. so far. Right? Oh my god! Yeah. I, I, I took it apart. I took it back together. But I think like to think of myself of a scientist, an engineer. Yeah. I try to be an artist. I'm not great at art. <laughs> but I think I think you limit yourself if you think about yourself yeah. as just a scientist, yeah. because then you go, I should never touch something. I should only do data. Or an engineer goes, I should create something for someone to create. But honestly, if you want to be the best scientist, you got to go through the engineering, through the making, and get from the beginning to the end. And as a biologist, I like to think that's what we do all the time. <laughs> Biologists? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> a lot yeah, of engineering and biology. Well, maybe today. Some. Well, I mean, my, degree, my degree mixed with biology yeah. with criminal justice as a minor. Uh, okay. So when you're looking into that, <laughs> I right. mean, it's an applied biology. Some, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So you guys also grew up watching Mythbusters, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So, so what was it about the show that drew you to it? What was the... Man, I still remember the first time I saw the commercial before it even aired. Yeah. Like, oh, new show, Mythbusters. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I, it felt weird. It's like I had been waiting for this show to happen. You know, it's just so as right. a kid, I was like, that's it. Like that's, and once it started, it's like their combination of the depth of projects that they do. It's like, oh, well you can try this at home or you should never, ever try this at home. And so it really drew me into like all the crazy stuff they'd like. And I love watching them build stuff yeah. too. Like me and Brian would take stuff apart. And so the entire process of like the build, the artwork, the pageantry of the Mythbusters, I loved all of it. Right. Yeah, that's right. 
I think I gotta say that very first preview, same thing for me is like I'm I'm sitting here watching this. And mind you, I've taken apart every right. remote control car I've had in life, right? Right. Just started getting it back <laughs> together, and there is Jamie Heineman flying in a helicopter with the same remote saves for everything, <laughs> but with a full size car, model car with rocket strapped to it. And I was like, well, surely that's where I need to aspire to be. <laughs> All right, so I say aspire to be. So how do you go from, uh, say, you were, uh, uh, you know, Staten Island and a biologist and paramedic. How do you go from that to myth busting? Oh, you man. Tell yours first? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just a crazy one dream hop to another. But basically, you know, 14-year-long yeah. fans watching it from high school all the way till grad school, and they retire. And so now there's like a hole in my life. I'm like, oh, what's, oh, what do I do? Like, what? Do, it's just, we just weird not having them around. And so I would literally Google MythBusters to see what Adam Savage and Jamie Honeyman were up to. And I know that he's working M5. He's closed up doing all these different contracts. And uh, and Adam Savage is doing like tested. He's going around Comic Con, San Diego, New York. And one day I Googled MythBusters, and the application came up. And I was like, well, okay. And then I finished my master's. Went back a month later. The application's still up. I applied, and a week later, like, hey. You want to talk to us about you know you know come maybe coming over here and, and doing MythBusters yeah. and I was like oh my goodness it was nuts. <laughs> uh, my story is a, a little different. I I would just finished being a drilling engineer because of the downturn on the oil and gas business and uh, I was moving out of my little white picket fence into a travel trailer and just sort of trying to figure out what to do. I'd applied to a million jobs and my mom says hey I saw a thing on the news MythBusters is looking for people for a competition show and I went that's great mom. And then about a month later my mom goes hey you applied for a month more jobs like maybe apply to this one i'm like okay i'll do it yeah. so i'm up at night i'm filling out the application and you know like my dreams to have been a mythbuster so this is like the farthest from possible thing that could ever happen <laughs> so i'm sitting there filling out this application it's like how good uh, very engineering like because i've been a drilling engineer yeah. before that and page three is a question how what was it how epic is your beard and I realized I've been going about this all, all wrong. wrong. So delete three pages, fill them out like I'm having a good time and not like some sort of right. like uptight engineer that I was working. And uh, next thing I know, at the end, I'm sending off the video. They asked for a very specific 90-second video. Yeah. And I send off something off YouTube that I already had there. And I get an email just a few days later from the EP, who's been the EP of Mythbusters for like 10 years, who says, hey, do you want to send in the right video? And I thought to myself, yes, yes, I do. Thank you. Yeah. So in like 24 hours, I made this great video, sent it in. Next thing I know, I'm Skyping with Dan and everything else is literally on TV. Oh, it's very cool. That's yeah. very, very cool. So you guys, uh, you know, uh, have kind of a pretty strong individual making background, right? In terms of consider yourself makers. And oh, absolutely. And always doing it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love anything where that concept of understanding of how things work lets you put it all back together right. but the idea to put it all back together is great but it's all about learning how to make your own original for me and so i love the idea of making like i do blacksmithing drones yeah. i mean he as a product designer he makes anything and everything you can dream <laughs> of that's literally his job so so it's all very cool so you know obviously making has kind of gotten a big uh, uh boost over the last several years right well given that there was a word for it, right? Oh, yes. As opposed to, you know, the weird guys who were fighting around in the garage, right? Yeah. Right. So that's what it was doing there. So uh, what do you kind of see as this sort of maker movement has evolved and, and become a thing, right? Because mm -hmm. before it was just something you did. Yeah, right? I, you were either there doing it or now it's sort of a, a movement. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And with like, you know, the increase in things like YouTube, Instagram, yeah. stuff like that, the exposure to the rest of the country and the rest of the world is... Like it gives you a complete access to everything that everyone's doing all over the world at once. And I think it's just like incredible. I've even gone on YouTube like, oh, I wonder how you do this. Yeah. And there's at least a thousand videos of someone <laughs> right. doing it in different ways. Cool. And then that and plus like, you know, a lot of the in-home manufacturing techniques, you know, uh, uh, stereolithography, 3D printing, CNC stuff. It's just letting people 
do very precise work at home. Oh. Yeah, this like you hit on it. This idea that maker is now part of a vernacular. Like yeah. You can talk to someone on the street and say, "Oh, they're a maker," and people get that. It's a huge transition because people had no idea. But there's a million people tinkering, whether they were building model boats, whether they're building RC cars, whether they're amateur astronomers. They're all part of the maker community because they're all making stuff. You don't have to be a specific like I don't I don't know what an Arduino is. That's fine. Maybe you right. weld steel, but if you're doing it to build something for your desires out of your mind, you're part of this maker community. And the fact that everyone welcomes all of them and shares their knowledge is unbelievable. And I mean, it's great. Oh, very cool. So what have, what's the coolest thing each of you individually made, completely apart from the show, right? Now you've got all these other new resources and kind of free yeah. reign to do rocket swords and exploding fart tents. So, right? I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of the fart tent explosion, I, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. But it's probably not something you were sitting around in your garage thinking, let's do that. Uh, what, what's the coolest me. thing? You, <laughs> all right. Well, good. Then I really want to know. Yeah. Right? What's, the, what's the coolest thing you did? You need a minute? I think I have one. Okay, go ahead. This is actually not too, too long ago, but uh, I was doing a kind of um, interactive design exhibit thing. And basically, uh, I did a thesis on how to get everyone prepared. And, you know, the the, the lesson from that is really, it's more of a mindset than right. kind of all the tools you can carry. And so I did an event. It was like a MacGyver event. You come and you put the vest on. You put the, the mullet on. Right. Very important. Oh, yes. And I built a stage. It had a grate yeah. and it was sore grate. And the idea is you spin a wheel and you drop you know, a wallet, sunglasses, money into this grate. And your job was to take the things out of your pocket, newspaper, floss, gum, to retrieve the items, you know. So when you finish it, you know, you have a feeling, oh, I can, you know, I, I understand now. And so the cool thing I built is at the end, when you win it, I would shoot you with a uh, confetti cannon. And so you can't just do what you, you pack in every time. There's no time for that. So it's very cool. It's got like a sliding mechanism. You drop little cartridges in that I built by hand with aluminum tape and <laughs> hand cut confetti. And you put the whole thing together. And that was like, it just brings so much joy to people who get shot by it. <laughs> it's just like a boom. And, and the confetti rings out. And I was like, ah. And I think that's one of the, the most fun things I've built before Mythbusters. <laughs> that's, that's great, man. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> Dude. That figures you made a confetti gun. No? Yeah. <laughs> just make people happy. I'm uh, I'm I'm not sharing with humanity quite so much. <laughs> I, th- I think my favorite though is uh, you know I love blacksmithing and hot things, but but electronics, getting things done in weird ways is amazing to me. And so I was early on into this drone, flying drones, quadcopters, and and quad quad building. And there had been this sort of ethereal impossibility in the world of drones of eight motors on what's called a V-tail. So your front motors are, your front's yeah. flat with a motor above and below. The back is a V, which means you have one internal motor with a smaller space for props and one external. And I looked around it, I was like, there's gotta be an octocopter V-tail out there. And the only one I found in existence was six flat motors with single outside motors on the V-tail. And I went, well, that seems fun, but that's huge. I want a modern racing drone, so 250 millimeters tops with the octocopter V-tail. So I worked with a French company that made a frame that I saw could work, paired up three of their frame kits, designed all the internals, and made the world's only full octocopter coaxial V-tail. And it is glorious. This thing is like a <laughs> flying lobster from hell. I mean, it. I called it afterwards Project Hymenopter because it sounds like you're being attacked by a swarm of bees and it goes... I, I, I don't know how fast it goes, oh, but it crashes fast. fast. <laughs> <laughs> Still love it, though. It's literally sitting in my living room. And that Project Hymenopter is probably my favorite build of all time because just my life went into it for about a month and a half, and the math they said couldn't be done. <laughs> That's very cool. Awesome. That's, you know, I think actually the, the, you're telling me the story. What I'm, I'm particularly also loving about it is the fact that, you know, 30 years ago, you had that conversation. 
and people will be looking at you weird. Yeah, oh, right, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right? absolutely. And now it's oh, of course, Rob. Yeah. Why, you know, that, of course, you know that's that's really just a, a wonderful thing that uh, sort of the uh, that. Uh, uh, that the true uh, maker geek science yeah. piece is sort of so embraced now, which is really wonderful. And obviously, the show has been a big part of it, and I suppose that's actually probably one of the opportunities you guys get to do now, right? To sort oh, of, yeah. I'm sure even now again, your but the first season's down and out, yeah, right. And so you guys have got a chance to kind of meet folks who have been watching that season and seeing, you know, all right, that's that next generation of folks getting really excited and it's, and jazzed about it. It's been a huge honor to get to, like all the messages online. People are telling us, oh, every Wednesday we sit down with our kids and watch yeah. your show and. Our kids, love, and I think the other day someone posted kids literally playing us. Like, oh, they're, yeah. they're, it was their playtime, and they're shooting cool. Nerf guns, and they're in the closet as the bunker, and they're shooting, like, driving a car through a little wall they build, RC car. I mean, I never thought in my life, let alone immolating us doing science, that, that's <laughs> unbelievable to oh, me. That's very so. cool. Very, very cool. So, you, I imagine you guys have also had some other opportunities there. I know you guys did Comic-Con. Yeah. Was that uh, your first Comic-Con? It, yeah, yeah, for us to be, I mean, yeah. on the other side of it, yeah, you know, yeah, on the yeah. stage, it was definitely my first time. Yeah, I've been, I've been to one in Dallas, and I was actually selling pottery with a friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, have you been to San Diego Comic Con? We have yet to we be. Been, oh, yeah. all right. That's well, our, that's our step up. There now, you go. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to make sure you guys come down for oh, yeah, that because it's to. it's. Um, it's something else. Let's have some it's fun with the else. museum at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. So <clears throat> now you've got to, so you've been kind of making kind of all your lives. You've been engaged in these kind of things because you like to do it. Now you've got this brand new opportunity, right? <laughs> Which probably opens a lot of new doors to you before. What, what's been sort of the coolest thing so far about being able to do this? I think, oh, I think man. for me, um, we're meeting up with some people, uh, prior to the Great American Eclipse when it happened. Yeah. And so Science Channel had a big deal with it and, you know, had live broadcast. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And uh, we had talked about this idea of if you took a steak and sent it to space, you'd heard this myth that if it came through, that was the perfectly cooked steak during re-entry. And so <laughs> yeah. here's my question. <laughs> right. How do you get a steak to space and send it back into re-entry? Well, by the time we were done meeting with these people, this has gone from an insane idea to a Mythbusters possibility oh that's very cool that's, that's been the best go, moment right, for me. there you go <laughs> i was like oh i can send a steak to space and everyone's covering the cost right now if they can <laughs> unfortunately we didn't quite get it together yet that's a hard one to do but oh, i can't wait till we get a chance well you know you got a car up there now so we can talk to elon <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah, that's, that's the one you want if you can bring a steak back <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just go through the drive-thru that's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, so and so given that sort of the opportunities there's something that uh well uh, let's take it away just not just for the opportunity you have now if you putting aside so putting aside cost, time, putting aside physics, laws of it, oh. is there something, a myth that you were like, oh, that would be so cool if it could really happen, but it's just not going to, but you really wish you could? You, you know, we actually designed one that we, we couldn't test. It's yeah. it's it's a huge challenge because the yeah. essential idea is to take internal combustion engine right. and make it an external combustion right. engine. So a series of explosive right. cylinders with slugs on the back of a vehicle that each one goes off slowly. So essentially you have like thousands of cannons aimed in a direction that <laughs> yeah. you want to fire in no, sync right. while driving a car. I remember, I, all, I those do, yeah. I remember all those meetings. And we, I remember I had drawn uh, the idea on the board. You know, you'd be yeah. like, oh, what do you guys think? How do we want to do this? And, that? and I had drawn it on the board right. and then our director looks at it and he's like and Steve Christians and he goes and he's been working on the show right. for, for you know right. nothing should surprise him <laughs> and he looks at this drawing that I've now put on the board oh. and he's like 
Oh, not mine. It's just a bunch of cannons pointed back. He's like, where would you stand? If it blows up, you know, it's right. dangerous. If it shoots the things out, it's dangerous. If we lose control, RC, it's dangerous. It was just like, like, ah, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hold off on this one. And and yeah, that I'm was a hilarious meeting. All right. Oh, so, that was a, that was a so there's a danger threshold that's still sort of in place there, right? Well, yeah. Right. Not me, blowing me, the crew up. That's probably it. So a good. Everything yeah. we do, we right. do in a safe way. For that one, yeah. it's we just gotta figure out how to Had do it to safe. Be. So that that's the thing is we're. There's always a way. I just need right. like a hundred square miles or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Long cool. range. <laughs> so, um, so as you think about, uh, you know, uh, so you've done the first season, you're going into the second one now. Uh, what's uh, what would you hope, fifteen years from now, right? When you guys are saying, all right, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm I'm going back to the trailer and I'm I'm graphic design. This is it. I've, I we've done our piece here. What would you hope the oh, outcome man. is? I would love. For some of the kids that we've met already at yeah. the Fleet Museum to be like, yeah, we're applying to do this, you know, we're going to be the next right. Mythbusters. <laughs> and for us to hand the baton, uh, I don't know, yeah, maybe your hat and my glasses, we <laughs> hand them over the next generation <laughs> just to watch them go. <laughs> I think the important thing is that yeah. Mythbusters has grown beyond just like, oh, it's people blowing stuff up and it's grown into a concept of like challenging questions and, and, and then right. taking things and testing them and finding out for yourself in fact if it's real or not it's building that curiosity and so long after we're done and we're retired you know hopefully not too soon uh i i can't wait for like a next generation to be like all right these little kids coming up lab coats whatever and just doing what we're doing just continuing on forever (laughs) i mean they'll always as long as the world keeps spinning there'll always be questions that come up and weird things you're like that can't be right and there has to be someone there to to show everyone what's real and what isn't All right, that sounds like a great. Uh, that would be a great kind of legacy to be able to oh, take man, on there, right? Yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. awesome. All right, so what's the? Uh, so you've been doing obviously a, a few interviews, yeah, one or two here and there, right? <laughs> what's the question you wish has been asked but just hasn't? What even oh, waiting wow. to say? Boy, you know what? I've got this story to tell, or no, it's it's just you know why aren't they? You know, That's you know, a tough one, man. That really is yeah? because I mean, pe- people. People are incredibly good at asking questions you just never think they would even notice yeah. on their yeah. show. They watch Mythbusters, and I was joking with him. I, I think they watch it one time, and then they go back and go frame by frame by frame <laughs> because they notice stuff that I had no idea. Like we'll set up things in the background for little jokes between us and the crew right. and whatever, and then I'll get in a shot for a tenth of a second, and someone will be like, mm, and send us a screen capture on Twitter, and we're like, Arrows. look, if they're reading that much, that's amazing because yeah. they're paying attention. Yeah, oh, but f- figuring out what people ask, like. We get all the questions. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, the the questions have blown my mind that people yeah. ask me. So, I, yeah, I think everyone's been very thorough. Yeah, <laughs> from the people we meet, just like right. in the museum, or even like when we're doing podcasts or, or TV interviews. So I think everyone just. I'm very grateful that people are very thorough of our work. <laughs> it's kind of quite an honor. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, I you know it's great, and I'm we're glad you guys could come down here and spend some time in San Diego, and uh, obviously opening the Mythbusters okay. exhibition um, here, which has been, uh, you know, been really fantastic to to have on site, and and now again the Mythbusters exhibition. We're waiting to see. You know, what are the new myths that get added to this now? Oh right? yes. As it goes global. Oh. In you know, seven more years global. They're going to amp right. it up, can add some stuff. Yeah. So you'll probably see a little bit more of our faces in it. Yeah, I was going to say, well, and so what have you done so far that you think is, all right, this is one that, you know, this should be an exhibition. This uh, is one that, you know... I, I think we did the, the test of, like, the Asian carp that jumps in the uh, in, in, in the rivers. The idea that if you're skiing behind a boat and one jumped into your face, what would happen? It's sort of that myth, will it kill you? Will it not? <laughs> okay. Does it hurt? Right. And uh, to do that, we made one, a giant fish shooting cannon. 
which of course I would love to see here. Right. But I think also we had this crazy bohemian like dude in a boat ski setup because we couldn't put a guy that so we right. had a tow buster and with it, an accurately built spinal cord. Yeah, you know, all, right, the, all, right, the, right. all the soft tissue in between, right. all the muscles holding it up, just to see what kind of neck damage you yeah. sustain. And so the beauty of that rig of, it's a simple tow rig with the anatomically correct yeah. neck, with everything in it, that is sweet <laughs> and that is perfect Mythbusters <laughs> because it's only accurate exactly where it needs to be to make everything work in its glory. Oh, that's cool. So is there new technologies that you guys see coming out that sort of going to, you would expect is going to be able to add to that? Because obviously, uh, you know, you think look about the early days and what was there and, yeah. and what Buster looked like and, and sort of well, as it's evolved over time. There's a great one. Yeah. We had a myth where we tested road rage. The idea that, you know, calm music versus loud music induces yeah. more road rage in someone. And we had to think, how do we test this? Well, we can ding on points, we can do this, but there's no real way of testing it. And we're like, well, let's get inside their head. So we got, we worked with a guy who had an EEG that we could hook up and live read, and we can actually uh, tell cool. frustration levels. Liberals. And so not only is this great for Mythbusters, but he actually wrote a paper off it or is working on a paper and it's cutting edge actual neuroscience. At the same time, we're giving him a data set he could never collect without our help. Oh, that's very cool. That's amazing. So yeah. I think technology will lead us forward when we have these unique opportunities when we go, this piece of technology matches up with this myth, that can happen now. All right, cool. So let me ask you, you do a lot of stuff about uh, special effects, right? There's a lot of that, that part of this is going to be real, could have been not. Mm -hmm. So aside from the Mythbuster piece, this is, you know, it's a personal pet peeve of mine, right? Is that, um, uh, in movies, um, uh, let's just say, you know, the subway car breaks free of the tracks, it goes up the stairs, down the, down the street, it makes a left-hand turn, and plows the building at a constant speed, right? This notion that we just throw away the laws of physics because... It's movies. Yes, 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 because <laughs> it's movies, right? So, so you know, kind of where's your, your take on some of these things? So obviously you're looking at some of these things. Are they real? you want to bust these because they really happen or not? But uh, which are the more interesting ones to do? The ones that you look at like that could be possible or the ones that's like, you know what, guys, this is just... I mean... I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I think we all know Superman doesn't fly, but... but yeah. yeah, well, I was going to say, because technology is getting so advanced yeah. that they're really blurring those CG versus practical yeah. effects lines. Yeah. And so... It's really hard to tell if things are real or not, and they make it look so possible sometimes. Those are what we love to test. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, like the subway car that's just like going down and then going across the ocean and <laughs> skipping across the lake and doing all that stuff. Like, it's not as appealing as, like, let's say someone jumps from uh, the roof of a building and right. swings, you know, Bruce Willis style Die Hard. Right. We tested that this season because it's like, I wonder if, you know, you look at it and you're like, I feel like that might work in a pinch. And it's crazy that, like, now things are getting more and more extreme. Like, you know, Tom Cruise does all these practical right. effects in his, in his Mission Impossible movies. And that just opens up the floodgates for us to test things that you're like, I think I could make that jump or things like that. So it's just like, it's so good. But then yeah. part of that question always too is like, you see in it and they make the jump, but you know they're rigged for safety. So the question is, could that jump be made without oh, some yep. rigging? Right. Yeah, and okay, how right. do you test it right. yeah. <laughs> with us? <laughs> <laughs> talking about that, I love the movie Dunkirk lately because yeah. it is completely natural effects. And when I saw that, I was like, these explosions, they don't, they, they look more gritty, they look right. different than I see, and then come to find out later, that's because he relied on real explosions, and it gives you something different. I think there right. is something true, and I think we've overplayed this sort of blown up, for me at least, animation yeah. style, 
And I think it's time to get back to that raw sort of like, you know, tweak and color correct and do all right. that. But let's see an explosion what it looks like in real life because that's what those people would be experiencing. Right, right, right. And it's uh, <laughs> the idea of an explosion not being cool. Yeah. It, no, it you know, it doesn't it's, have to be the size of, of Manhattan. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And let's, you know, yeah. let's face it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know this is uh, this is exciting stuff. So, all right. All right, great. So, uh, again, thanks, guys, for coming down. Thanks for helping us open the exhibition. Congratulations on the first season. We're looking forward to the next one coming in. Uh, and when it comes out, I know, you know my kids will be watching it as well. Yeah. Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing this stuff show up in our exhibitions. Uh, and uh, you guys, you know, coming on down for Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Their hard side. All right. Absolute pleasure I'm going here. back to that IMAX now. The, the yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. projector. Let's get to that IMAX projector. We'll get you behind the dome. We'll show you all sorts of cool yeah. stuff. Oh, very cool. Thank all right, you so great. Much for having us. Sure, thank, thank you, guys. Guys, and thank you guys for uh, listening, tuning in and listening, and uh, and and we'll uh, you know see you next time.